Welcome to the latest episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this episode, we're going to comment on Jon Stewart's anti-Semitic Harry Potter imagery and the anti-Semitic stereotype of the Jewish banker. Let's get started. As many of you may have heard by now, the Twitter sphere is lit up and chaos is flying around the internet in regards to the former host of The Daily Show, Jon Stewart's comments in regards to Harry Potter and the author, J.K. Rowling. We'll take a quick listen to what he said on his podcast, The Problem with Jon Stewart, and we'll discuss it on the other side. Here's how you know Use like Jews are still where they are, talking to people. What I say is, have you ever seen a Harry Potter movie? And people are all like, I love the Harry Potter movies. Like, you ever see the scenes in Gringotts Bank? And they're like, I love the scenes in Gringotts Bank. He's like, do you know what those folks that run the bank are? And they're like, what? And they're like, Jews. And, and then that I remember. And then that person says, no, goblins. <laughs> and then you go, you're like, do you, you hear let, yourself? Let me show you this. From uh, it's the protocols of the elders of Zion. I just want to show you a caricature, and they're like, "Oh, look at that! That's from Harry Potter." And you're like, "No, yeah. that's a caricature of a Jew from an anti-Semitic piece of literature." J.K. Rowling was like, "Can we get these guys to run our bank?" And you're like, "This is it's it's a wizarding world. It's a world where it's you like, can imagine anything. The train station has a half a thing, and no one can see it. And we can ride dragons, and you've got a pet owl. And who, who runs should, the bank? Who should run the bank?" Jews. So here you have Jon Stewart, uh, obviously being a comedian, making fun, joking around about the idea of these uh, these characters in this movie inside the bank. Uh, We'll get into that in a moment. Just for people who maybe don't understand or know the history of the Protocols of Zion that he refers to, this is actually known today as one of the widest spreading uh, forms of anti-Semitism in modern times. It is a book that was written, they believe, somewhere around 1903 in Russia. And the idea of this Russian book was to talk about a cabal of people who are running the world, businesses and finances. And this was slowly over the years transformed from a random group of people into Jewish people. And the modern translations are constantly talking about a Jewish cabal. This, of course, lends itself to some of the traditional stereotypical imagery we see for the Jewish cabal, these uh, very disgusting figures that present Jewish people as these vampire goblin type creatures. John Stewart continues with this. It was one of those things where I saw it on the screen and I was expecting the crowd to be like, holy sh**. She did not, yeah. in a wizarding world, just throw Jews in there <laughs> to run the f- underground bank. John Stewart received a lot of blowback for this comment. Uh, of course, people suggesting that he was claiming that J.K. Rowling is anti-Semitic or that these characters were intentionally created as a Jewish character or a Jewish stereotype. Once the media and uh, the Twitter sphere jumped on board, suggesting that Jon Stewart called J.K. Rowling a anti-Semitic person or a racist, he then came out with a statement. No reasonable person that could have watched it and not seen it as a lighthearted conversation amongst colleagues and chums, uh, (laughs) having a larf, enjoying ourselves uh, uh, about Harry Potter and my experience watching it for the first time in a theater as a Jewish guy and 
and how some tropes are so embedded in society that they're uh, basically invisible, even in a considered process like movie making, right? Absolutely. This morning I wake up, it's trending on Twitter. So let, let me let me just say this, like super clearly, as clearly as I can, I do not think J.K. Rowling is anti-Semitic. I did not accuse her of being anti-Semitic. I do not think that the Harry Potter movies are anti-Semitic. Clearly, Jon Stewart is unequivocal when it comes to the fact that he was not calling out J.K. Rowling or Harry Potter specifically. The key point to take away from his initial statement, which I fully agree with, and I think it's a brilliant idea, and, and I kind of touched on this on my last podcast, the idea is that a lot of Jewish issues, especially anti-Semitism, are invisible to many people. He very rightly points out the fact that filmmaking is not a quick process. The, the process to create a script and to rewrite the script and then to go over all of the characters, what they're wearing, the makeup, the costumes, all of this stuff is months and months of planning. He is saying that it is a little shocking that no one at any point in this filmmaking procedure thought this character choice, this the wardrobe choice, the way that they uh, look and are being represented is unfortunately relying on anti-Semitic tropes. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth on the Harry Potter series. We'll be right back on the Jewish Diaspora Report. Welcome back. Before the break, we were looking into the Harry Potter characters that work in the bank and debating whether or not these are purposeful anti-Semitic characters, accidental anti-Semitic characters. And the best way that I like to go is looking at the original source. So I'm looking at the original book, which is the J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, depending on which version you have. And the first description that we get of these goblin characters that work in the bank is as follows. The goblin was about a head shorter than Harry. He had a swarthy, clever face, a pointed beard, and Harry noticed very long fingers and feet. Following this was the character Hagrid mentioning, quote, Like I said, you'd be mad to rob it. Speaking about the bank. About a hundred more goblins were sitting on high stools behind a long counter, scribbling in large ledgers, weighing coins and brass scales, examining precious stones through their glasses. As you can see, there's not a huge description here of these characters. It's actually quite limited to what it says in the book, which would require the filmmakers, of course, to visualize these characters themselves. I was kind of thinking I would look into the other books to see if maybe the filmmakers stole some of their ideas from later books. It's very limited what we see online in regards to how these characters are described. Although it is interesting that I found on a few wiki fan pages, the Hagrid character speaks about how safe these banks are. And he is quoted on these wiki sites as saying that goblins are extremely greedy and would protect their money and valuables at any cost, which make them ideal guardians for the valuables in the wizarding world. The goblins have a code that forbids them to speak of their bank secrets and consider it base treachery to break any part of that code. This, I found, was a little disturbing. I have yet to find anywhere that cites where this passage is from. This uh, appears to not come from the books. This is someone who has offered this opinion, it seems, and then it is spread along the Internet. But this one definitely starts to fall into the idea of anti-Semitic tropes and the fact that they are seen as greedy and protect their money at any cost. These are definitely falling into the anti-Semitic ideas that we would see John Stewart refer to. 
However, of course, this doesn't come from the book itself, so we can't blame J.K. Rowling or the filmmakers for this. This is just something that seems to have taken on its own strange anti-Semitic ideas online outside of the book on the wiki fan pages of Harry Potter. So it seems like we've established the idea that J.K. Rowling really didn't give a description to suggest what they would look like, and that would be left to the filmmakers, someone like Chris Columbus, the director of the movie. What I find is very interesting about the choices made by the filmmakers, of course, is just like Jon Stewart pointed out, the very oddly stereotypical portrayals of Jewish people coming from the anti-Semitic protocols of Zion, along with World War II Nazi propaganda with the very pointy noses and the glasses and the typical things we see in, in, in anti-Semitism. This is definitely a little bit disturbing, but I'm actually going to go in some little bit of a deeper dive into some of the stereotypes that may be playing here that the filmmakers were unaware of. In doing some research, it seems like the story suggests these goblins have been working in this bank since around the 1400s, and these goblins, for some reason, are wearing a very unique set of clothing. One could imagine that possibly the bankers would wear similar clothing to everyone else around because that would be the, the times that they're living in. They would wear whatever the times call for. However, they are definitely wearing unique clothing if you look back at some of the photos or the clips from the movie. You'd imagine they'd be wearing clothing of their old school traditions and customs, but that doesn't seem to make much sense either. If you think about 1400s clothing, you can imagine something a little bit more on the line of Shakespearean clothing. You can imagine the long caped clothing. Instead, we seem to find them a little bit more in a traditional 1700s wear, maybe a little bit more frills around the neck and big collars and suits. The era that they're probably wearing their clothing from seems to fit a little bit more about the time of the Jewish bankers, the Rothschilds. This was a very wealthy family we'll get into a little bit later. And I challenge you to go online and take a look at some of the Rothschilds, the original ones from Europe and England, and you'll see that the clothing they're wearing and even the hairstyles and things like that are very similar to some of these characters in this film. Now, of course, I don't imagine that these filmmakers purposefully chose to make their characters look like the Rothschild family or even bankers at that era rather than any other era. But you have to wonder maybe where the invisible ideas come from in people's heads about what a quote unquote banker would look like. And I think this is a little bit about what John Stewart is talking about, is that it is so invisible to people that their biases towards what a banker would look like tends to be, I hate to say, the Rothschild banking family in the 1700s more than a modern day suit and tie. The point here is that, as John Stewart said very poignantly, that there is really no overt anti-Semitism in this film or by the filmmakers or even by J.K. Rowling herself. The issue here is that society as a whole tends to show that the stereotypes that exist about the Jewish banker are very much ingrained in our society today. They are ingrained so much that an entire film crew didn't see or think that this might be a little bit of an anti-Semitic trope. And that is, of course, leaving out the Jewish features, the big noses, the uh, accentuated features that are, are noticeable from Jewish propaganda or anti-Semitic propaganda. 
When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the history of the quote-unquote Jewish banker stereotype and the anti-Semitism of the Jewish banker. Hang around for the Jewish Diaspora Report. In our previous section, we discussed the issue of the Rothschilds and the banking stereotypes around anti-Semitic tropes. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the Jewish banker stereotype and where that comes from. There is some historical background for the Jewish banker or what we see as the Jewish banker stereotype. One major issue, of course, was that Jewish people were banned from many jobs in you know, the Middle Ages. They were not allowed to go to certain schools or only a certain amount could go. Many trades banned Jews from joining. Many jobs would not allow them to take the Friday night and Saturday off that was required by their religion. So they were oftentimes forced to work for themselves. That was the easiest and best way to get a job. The other thing that was in the Jewish people's favor is that Christians at that time were not allowed to lend money to other Christians because the New Testament speaks very frequently in regards to Jesus speaking out against money changers and money lenders. For anyone who knows the New Testament, of course, there's the very famous scene where Jesus goes into the temple where he flips the tables of the money changers out of anger that uh, people are lending or taking money at a, a certain interest rate. And many future Christian populations believe that it wasn't fair to lend money to other Christians. So what ended up happening, of course, is someone needed to fill that void. And oftentimes Jewish people who had very few other opportunities for work would tend to lend money to Christians because that was allowed. Of course, Christians wouldn't want to lend money at no interest to other Christians, which is sort of what the other option would be, because that really isn't a very good business move. One very predominant and very successful family, as I mentioned earlier, was the Rothschild family. This was a family who lived in Europe. The, they became very successful in banking. And then, of course, as their children grew up, those children actually spread out and went to different countries around Europe and each opened their own branch. And the amazing thing is this would allow for not only international trade, it allowed for money exchanges from people from different countries because one brother would be able to send money back to his other brother and uh, exchange the rate for different uh, currencies. So this became a very successful family and they have gained a lot of notoriety in negative circles. They tend to be the center of anti-Semitic beliefs. They tend to be the center of this Protocols of Elders of Zion cabal idea that they control the entire world. There has also been some suggestion, of course, that due to their role in banking and funding things like the Napoleonic Wars or funding World War One for funding World War Two for governments who were desperate for money and needed loans, that, of course, the Rothschild family are secretly waging wars against people and causing all of these conflicts. So it's interesting when you look at the the depictions of anti-Semitic bankers, they tend to to bring in this Rothschild family because unfortunately they've become sort of the poster children or the poster people of this Jewish banker and Jewish cabal and Jewish people controlling all of business and banking and world uh, conflicts. I think John Stewart was right when he had mentioned that these issues of anti-Semitism that are found in Hollywood tend to be overlooked and not really recognized. And it's really big shame that these groups of hundreds of people making these films that not one of them seems to maybe see 
how these anti-Semitic tropes are not only involved in their filmmaking, but also how they are continuing these beliefs by creating these characters in their films. I definitely will also agree with Jon Stewart that J.K. Rowling herself has never suggested that these characters were Jewish stereotypes. I would even go as far to say that Chris Columbus and other people who worked on the film, the costumes and makeup and all of that, also were unaware of how these characters may be touching on anti-Semitic tropes. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. I hope you will like, subscribe, follow us on social media at jdr.podcast on Instagram. We'll see you next time.